Are you using the talent that God's given you to, uh, to bless other people? You know, I hope so. We're trying, right? We're trying to do that which we can. We've talked about um, this whole idea of, of giving to the Lord, and we talked about it financially, but today we want to kind of look at it from a little different angle. And next week is Youth Sunday, and some of our youth have been given incredible gifts and abilities that they are then going to be sharing with you all as they lead the worship service. The message is so important, it's taking three of them to deliver and to preach. Like, I mean, eager anticipation. This is going to be sweet. I can't wait. Um, it's also Commitment Sunday when we say, you know, to the church body, hey, here, here's what we anticipate to give for the next year. Hope that that helps and that blesses the church to the, being able to do what we're doing. And so, you know, with both of those together, I love it because the teenagers are leading us now. They're not waiting. It's not like they're just the, the church of tomorrow or something. They're the church of right this minute. And we're partnering with them. They're partnering with us to be able to do God's will. When is Youth Sunday? Yes, you already knew it. When is Commitment Sunday? Next Sunday. Even more enthusiasm. I love it. But thank you for what you're doing. I mean, it's absolutely great. This whole idea of giving. We've talked about the, uh, the particular um, verse that... Uh, Okay, last week it didn't work right either. I, I think I'm still in trouble this week. Okay, all right. So in, in, the, in the booth, I'll, I'll call for next slide each time I want a next slide, all right? Sorry about that. Okay, and that makes sense because this is like one of the most controversial messages that I ever deliver. You know, there are different flavors of evangelism, but whenever you talk about evangelism, it's kind of tough. It's almost like an evil word today. Well, don't evangelize. Well, don't try to convince me of Jesus and that kind of stuff. But I'm going to ease into that, and we're going to see that this is actually a really positive and, and helpful thing for us to do, even as Christians. Um, it's not nearly as negative as, as it may seem, even though people have made it negative. That really stinks. And I, 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 sometimes it, I'm, I'm so frustrated that when I start trying to tell people about Jesus, their idea of Jesus comes from something that is not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's some other preacher or somebody on TV or somebody that, that was mistreating them or somebody that made them feel guilty for no reason. Like it, it really sometimes is an uphill battle explaining and trying to give the faith of Jesus to someone else. I get it. But it's an important thing and it's helpful to both us and to them. And it, it's helping us to live into this whole idea of giving, even though this initial scripture was about financial, there are all other ways of giving as well. We're going to talk about that today and next week a little bit. So let's declare this together. Excel in this grace of giving. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. When you give something to somebody else, it helps them if it's a true gift. You can give information that helps other people. It may bless their life. Um, I have heard about and then I've told people about and I'm going to tell you about this little shop downtown Marysville called Soda Farm. Somebody told me, hey, that's a really amazing place. They have really healthy things there. That's really, really cool. And I went in, and it is. Like, I, my mind wanted to be, just kind of explode at the number of different teas and the honeys that were really healthy and stuff and, um, and different ways that you can kind of care for your body and stuff. And they've got materials in there and just wonderful things to drink. And 
homemade crafted uh, soda, you know. It's like, oh my goodness, it's great. You want to go there right now, don't you? You're like, yes, I know. Um, the owners even are a part of our, of our church here. Just, just really, really cool. Um, and so when people told me about that, now I tell others, I mean, like, that kind of, you know, gives you something to do, gives you something to, to support. It gives you, I mean, just a great experience. You have recommended restaurants to people, probably, right? You're like, no, I always eat at home and I make all my own food. You're amazing. I'm not there yet, right? <laughs> you give information that blesses other people. Uh, my grandpa was 99 when he passed away. Uh, incredible veteran. I mean, loved this country. And so you all that stand, I mean, I'm always thinking of him. When you all stand, it's just amazing. It had a great impact on my life. When he started smoking, now think about it, he's 99 years old. So when he started smoking, did they know it was bad for you? No, like not at all. Like it was everywhere, right? You know, hey, let's all cram onto a plane and just everybody starts smoking. Seems like a good idea, right? You just had no idea until the information came out and some whistleblowers started kind of, you know, saying, hey, the, the research is there or just hiding it from you. Like until the information got out, you didn't know. So what you don't know sometimes can hurt you. A crazy extreme example of that. This whole idea of, of giving information, and if it's not given, it can hurt us. Uh, a gentleman in a, a church I served was an elderly gentleman, and he had horrible breathing problems. I mean, just to be around him, it just, you just felt horrible for him. Uh, some version of mesothelioma, which you get from asbestos, right? So when he was a kid, his dad at his workplace, they had like blankets, essentially, of asbestos. His family was poor his dad would bring home the blankets of asbestos to cover his kids at night because they were cold and they were poor. His dad was giving him cancer, right? But it wasn't intentional. It wasn't even close to intentional. That kind of stuff haunts me as a father. Is there anything that I'm not doing for my kids or that I am doing, right? I mean, you know, that... I mean, how, how can we care for each other? What information do people need to have that's going to help them in this life? This idea of Jesus is at that level times 100, right? Like this is even more important for people to know. But it's touchy. It can be difficult, right? Um, there are bad representatives of Jesus out there that make it even more difficult. And so I want to lean into this and look at some scripture and then talk about some practical things that hopefully would help us. So let's go to the next slide. This idea of being an intentional disciple of Jesus. For all but the most outgoing of us, it is probably a little difficult to sometimes talk about our faith. It's very private, it's very personal, you know, people get kind of touchy about that. But ancient Christians, including then in the 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, these, these Methodists that started to be formed, where they were trying to be intentional about their faith, they realized, wait, we have to share this information. We have to give that over to other people. We have to give it away and, and talk about it and explain Jesus. Where did they get that idea? Well, let's go to the next slide. So you've got to explain Jesus. Now, what is the importance of this whole idea of giving this information to Jesus? Well, if you confess with your mouth, the scripture says in the book of Romans, Jesus is Lord. And we can say that, right? Jesus is Lord. But also, then, in, in your heart, you have faith that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hmm. You see, it's two sides of the same coin. One side, confess with your mouth, 
Jesus is Lord, which is, means that you're declaring publicly Jesus is the one who is my leader. He's the boss. He's everything. I'm following him as the Lord. And in your heart, the other side of the coin, you, you deeply, deeply, deeply believe that he lived, he died, he rose from the dead. That as he was living, you know, communicating how to live and communicating what God's really like because he's the word of God made flesh and then died and rose from the dead, if, if you kind of believe that deeply within your heart, then you realize you're saved, which means that you're saved from a hellish existence now and health ongoing. Hellish existence now. You realize that without the love of grace of Jesus to change us from the inside out, there may be things that you hold on to and that I hold on to and we just don't forgive. We hold grudges. We hold anger. And the more that you do that, you know, it kind of eats you up on the inside. But if you follow what Jesus said and you, you allow him to be the leader, then you're going to forgive. You're going you're gonna to love that person even through that. And, you know, that frees you from a hellish existence now, doesn't it? Like, have you ever forgiven somebody, like, deeply who hurt you and then, you know, felt that kind of release and then were like, ah, I wish I was still bitter about that. I wish I still had a chip on my shoulder with that person. Like, does that ever happen? Right? This whole idea of, like, you know, forgiving and then loving your spouse. Like, have you ever been, like, wow, our relationship is great now that we've reconciled. I hate it. I wish we were back to, you know, being at odds with each other, right? That never happens. Following Jesus' way, you never really regret but it, it goes against our flesh to kind of get there. Then, though, you're saved. Let's go to the next slide. So if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, that kind of stuff, you'll be saved. Then trusting with the heart leads to righteousness, and confessing with the mouth leads to salvation. The scripture says, all who have faith in him won't be put to shame. Next slide. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek because the same Lord is Lord of all who gives richly to all who call on him. All who call on the, name, on the Lord's name will be saved. All who call on the Lord's name will be saved. Uh, all? Really? Like, aren't there some people that are so bad, like, nah, they've got no hope. God would never love them. Aren't there people like that? No, there are not. I was at the New Path Pregnancy Center, uh, Crisis Pregnancy Center dinner, and they, they talked about saying stuff like this, that we, Christian leaders, we ought to say stuff like this, and I will say it publicly. If you have had an abortion, you are no worse of a sinner than I am. And I mean, they, they were talking about that, and that like, got to me. I was like, it's absolutely right. Like, I've hated people in my heart. I've lied. I've, I've stolen stuff. Like, 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 I deserve condemnation as much as anybody. So if we're all there together, nobody can judge somebody else and look down on each other because we're all there. We all deserve that kind of guilt and shame. And Jesus says, I will come take that for you. The whole death and resurrection of Jesus, he takes it, he destroys it, he's raised from the dead so he can look at you and legitimately say, I have the right to forgive you. I have the right to restore you and reconcile you. Nobody else has that right. You can't even do that yourself. But Jesus says, I can do that, so I will bring you back. That's, like, that's the best hope that I ever could ever have, right? 
We're all there. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's go to the next slide. But then, so how can they call on someone that they don't have faith in? And how can they have faith in someone they haven't heard of? And how can they hear without a preacher? You're like, well, you're the preacher, Nathan, so good. Like, you know, as long as you're preaching, I don't have to share my faith. Uh, (laughs) It'd be nice if that was the case, but that's not the case. Like, if you have somebody that doesn't know Jesus, you're now the preacher. Preaching's great. I know, you know, when people say, now, I'm not preaching to you, I'm like, well, what would would be wrong with that? Like, you know, go ahead and preach to me. Like, that's cool. Like, but we're used to the idea of preaching not coming from the standpoint of we're all sinners, so I'm just talking to you about something that saves me. We're used to preaching from the idea of I actually am better than you, and I'm holier than you, and now I'm telling you how horrible you are or how right I am and how wrong you are, right? And that, that is, like, horrible. So that's, you know, nobody wants to hear it that way. But to be able to say, hey, look, you know, I've had, I have something that has helped me. Let me share with you what that is. That's a whole different way of doing it. And there will be people, just listen to Francis Chan, Christian author. He travels around and does some speaking and stuff. And he was in Myanmar. And he said they were going from kind of literal hut to hut, talking to people about Jesus. They had no clue. And he said it was so cool how excited they were to kind of hear about this. Like, wait, nobody has ever told us this. We haven't heard about this. We've been kind of oppressed for years and years and years. And he said it was such a different experience to be able to talk to people like that because they were hungry for it and interested. In it. And then they would see like this, this shift in their spirit and soul because this is real. Like it's not just fairy tale. Or if you were raised a Christian, you just kind of take it for granted and you realize, wait, there is something beautiful that I have that other people may not have. It's a beautiful thing to share that. Let's go to the next slide. Paul also talks about the fact that when you have the spirit of Christ, you are the body of Christ. And you're like, I make Jesus look good, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're amazing people, beautiful people. You love other people. And as people interact with you, if you have that faith, you have the Holy Spirit within you, you are, it's as though then Jesus is taking on your body because the spirit is within you. And now as you interact with other people, they're interacting with Jesus, which, if you're really stressed at the referee and the words are coming out of your mouth, <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a second, I'm not sure I want this deal right now. But it's not a, it doesn't come and go. It's not like now I'm the body of Christ, ah, but not right now, <laughs> not right now. It's, it doesn't come and go. You're always then the part of the body of Christ, and it can work that positive way too. When you are the person of grace and peace to somebody else, when you come alongside of them and you suffer with them or you encourage them or you give them the quilt or you pray for them or you share your stuff with them, they're experiencing Jesus' love because you there for them are the body of Christ. You're Jesus for them. Let's go to the next slide, which is 2 Corinthians, another part of the New Testament written to Christians reminding them that they are ambassadors. If I as an ambassador go to some like violent, war-torn, crazy, upheaval country like Canada. And I go to Canada. (laughs) And they're like, (laughs) and I'm the ambassador of the United States. And the Canadians all kill me and string me up and, you know, and and are mean to me. You know how Canadians can be, right? They're just vicious, vicious. No, they're not like that. But if that were to happen, they now have declared war on the United States, right? Because the ambassador represents the whole country. If you're an ambassador for Jesus, 
then when people interact with you, they are interacting with Jesus. We may not like that deal. We may want to sometimes have like a pass. But the ambassador, when he wakes up on Monday and Friday, both days, she or he is the ambassador. So as we interact with people then, we're taking Jesus to them. And they need that. They need Jesus' presence there. How are they going to know unless we explain it? That's a good question, Paul. You've got a good question there. We have to explain it. The Myanmar people, they may not have met kind of Jesus in that bodily way. The Spirit may have been working on them. They may have, they have things in their culture because they're created in the image of God that are, that are good. And then, then they realize, wait, this is Jesus? Oh, this all fits together. You see this again and again in different cultures. You may have seen that in your own life. So then how do we do this? How do we do this? You know, how do you kind of share Jesus with people? I mean, there are a thousand different ways. Let me just kind of talk about a few, few ways relating to Scripture and then kind of a way that you can break it down. So let's go to the next slide. Um, this whole idea then of Jesus saying, make disciples, help them to understand, help them to know, it, there is a teaching element to this, a teaching element. So how do we teach it? What do we teach? Those types of things. Let's go to the next slide. You've got creation, corruption, Christ, confession, and confidence. Those all start with the letter C. You could write them out right now. You could type them in your phone. You could tweet them out right this minute. You know, whatever. Let's kind of talk about this for a second. In 1 Peter, it talks about always be ready to give an answer for your faith, but do it with gentleness and respect. No, 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 that, that seems plain, but... People don't always do it that way, right? They're not always gentle. They're not always respectful. If you're going to live it out the way the New Testament describes in terms of explaining Jesus to people, you've got to be gentle and you've got to be respectful. If you're not, then it's going to kind of break apart because now they're going to see the body of Christ um, acting out in a horrible, horrible way. So you might say something like, look, we're created by God. We didn't just happen. We're all created by God. There's some some way that many people intuitively know that. Sometimes they don't even quite realize that until somebody starts talking to them about it. You realize, wait, there's a creator. If there's a creator, then that creator gets to decide how that thing should live. That creator, God, created us in such a way that we have freedom to choose. We could go this way, we could go this way. We can do this or we can do that. And in the creating then of that kind of choice, some of us have chosen to go the wrong way. <laughs> Has anybody here chosen to go the wrong way? Are there any sinners here today? You want to raise it? Yeah, a few of us are willing to say, yeah, I am. It's like, ah, you know, yes! Like, we as kids, we didn't have to have somebody tell us how to lie. We figured it out. <laughs> you ever known that? Like, it's crazy. You know, I'm like, Jennifer, have you been teaching our kids behind the scenes to lie? Is that what happened? You know, like, as soon as they start talking, did you take the cookie? No, we didn't take a cookie. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have to take a cookie. Right? All of us have done that, especially when we're real little. So we are corrupted. Some of us then, we never outgrow that. Like it just, it, we just keep getting more and more that way. We just realize, wait, because you don't outgrow it naturally. You have to have a supernatural change. Where does the supernatural change come from? Christ. Jesus comes to us saying that if, if you're trying to keep all the right laws, you may do pretty well with willpower, but there's always going to be that one that you're going to keep breaking. You're, you're, you're never going to quite be able to, to be fully as good as you know that you should be. I had a professor call it a universal ought. We all, all cultures know there's a way you ought to live. 
And in all cultures, we know that we fall short at times. And then you have to make up for that somehow. So Jesus comes, Jesus Christ, he comes to make up for that. To die for us, take all the sin, take all the shame. To raise from the dead so that we know that death and eternal destruction is not the end. We can have forgiveness, we can have eternal life. So confession then is how we partner with what Jesus has done for us. And we allow him to fully do for us what he wants to do. We confess we need that. If we don't confess that we need it, then it's like we put a block on our heart and we say thanks, but no thanks. It could help, but I'm not going to do it. You have medicine that I need, but I'm not going to take it. I'm going to hold it under my tongue and then I'm going to spit it out, right? No. But when we confess, then his love comes upon us and within us. The forgiveness comes within us. We're set free to then do what? To live in confidence. Now you live in confidence that God loves you because you know that. You've experienced that. Now you can tell other people about it. Now you can live that new life with confidence to follow what Jesus taught because as we already established, I don't know anybody who has radically followed what Jesus has taught who has said, ah, wait, no, this is actually not a good way to live. (laughs) Give yourself for other people. The greatest among you is the servant of all. And when you rub shoulders with somebody who is a servant leader, you know that's a better way to lead. You're like, wait, that is, that's a supernaturally better way to lead. Jesus taught that. Loving, forgiving even your enemies, Jesus taught that. You're never going to be disappointed in that, so you live in confidence of that. Is that easy enough to kind of comprehend and explain? I mean, I mean how many of you already knew that story, like inside out, backwards? Just raise your hand. Did you already know that story? Like, I don't care what, you know, we're not asking if you believed it or not. How many of you knew that story? Okay, man, I thought like every hand would go up, right? So maybe if this is new for you and you're starting to believe this, then literally come talk to me after the service. I want to kind of connect with you and uh, we'll talk about a couple of other things that might really help you, right? If you already know it and you're like, oh, my eyes have been glazing over, like I already know this. Well, now you get to be the preacher for somebody else. Because God will bring into your path somebody who needs to hear this. It will. And so absolutely, I mean, it's beautiful. Especially if we pray for it, which guess what we're going to pray for right now? That God will bring somebody into your path who doesn't know what Jesus has done. And you will then get to be the preacher for them. Okay? And you're up to it. Because this is all about what God's doing through you. Let's pray. So Jesus... We're your body, we're here together, we're we're bound together, we've been worshiping together, we've been reminded of what you've done for us. So God, I pray that your spirit would be upon us to help us to do that which you want us to do, especially when it comes to sharing our faith with with other people. So as I start to just kind of think right this minute about some people that I am close to that I don't think know you fully, Um, God, it's intimidating for me to think about how I'm going to reach them, how I'm going to share. But you are an almighty God, so you can make it work. You can have those divinely oriented conversations that arise where we realize now is the time for us to explain, to say, hey, can I just share what what has helped me when I've been in these depths of despair? Can, Can I share with you what has helped me in my marriage? Can I help 
talk to you about what's helped me as, as I'm in school and as I'm dealing with all this stress. Um, I just want to, you know, can I just share my experience? So God, would you bring a person to us that we can share about you even this very week? And then would you help us to have that culture of sharing about you? God, as we continue to pray, if there are things that you have put on our heart that you want us to pray about, people you want us to pray for, then in this time, would you remind us of those things? Help us to interact with you, with your spirit, knowing that you are right here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have prayer cards that you wanted to turn in for us to pray for, uh, Mike and others may be walking around just kind of gathering those up. We'll put them on the tables. We'll pray for those. Um, if you want to be prayed for, we'll have some people, some prayer partners that will be up here in the front that are going to pray together um, as well for you, okay? And, uh, and Cindy, with uh, a couple of slides that I had at the end of my presentation, pictures of people that I'll get to at the very end of the service, okay? So thank you. All right, so let's continue to pray, and, uh, and then we'll worship together some more. Mm-hmm.